today is the second Advent Sunday, and, it rep and we put a series together for this, and today we're going to talk about the shepherds and the magi that came. And these guys, these people, were no different than us. You doing okay? Two candles today, because next week is the children's Christmas program. So we're going to, we kind of combine two Advent Sundays together so today. three. Yeah. Better so, and Pastor Norm, you're doing What a, was last week? Last week was... I forgot. I, <laughs> Who remembers? I know, wait, wait, I know, I know, I know. It was the going to Bethlehem. Oh, the yeah. The journey yeah, to Bethlehem. Bethlehem. The and we're Bethlehem. all on a journey even now. So what we're talking about today, you can apply to your own lives today. So last week we talked about going to Bethlehem and we're always striving to go towards Jesus. Amen. So today we're talking about the Magi and the shepherds. And I just wanted to say, great job on lighting those candles. Because you remember last year when I got to the third or fourth when I lit the wreath on fire? That was real fun. That's usually my job. That was scary. So I think I've been taking that, that job has in, been taken in away Lansing, from me. In Lansing, the fire department said I couldn't have fire anymore. <laughs> Don't let Pastor Norm play with no, fire anymore. No, no. We actually had one time we were speaking on a Sunday evening at Mount Hope Lansing. And the fire alarms went off. And everybody started laughing. Oh, they thought it's it part, was of our, part of your lesson. And we're going, no, guys, you need to get up and leave now. This is not in part of what we're speaking about. This is not an object lesson. The alarms are real. Oh, and they all sat there. And we had a hard time because we'd screwed up with fire so many times. But good job on the, the advent. Thank you. So, Thank you. So again, today. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, no problem. That's what I'm here for. Sort of. You done yet? No, I don't know. And I only had two cups of coffee this morning. I don't know what's going on. I think the Holy Spirit's just got me wired. Woohoo! <laughs> I'm ready. Speaking of that, yeah, is that last prayer good enough that I prayed for the? Should we pray again? Oh, we can always pray again. All Amen. Right. All right, go ahead. All right, Father God, I just thank you. Today, I just pray hearts are touched, ears and eyes are open. And God, may we be like the shepherds and the magi. Give us heaven-sent ideas on what to do and what not to do. But today, God, touch hearts in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. 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 So we're going to start with the shepherds. How many have ever been around sheep? How many know that Sheep stink. <laughs> you know, as I looked at this picture, I, I kind of felt like that shepherd right there. He was going, oh, man. <laughs> These smelly guys were out in their fields, minding their own business, when they were startled by an angel. Turn to Luke 2 as we look at the men and the boys who chose to believe and to follow the star. I want you to try to imagine that you were one of the shepherds on that dark, starry night in one of the fields surrounding Bethlehem. In the distance, you might hear a pack of howling coyotes. You could probably do a better job. <laughs> Your mind drifts as you fight the urge to sleep. How many have ever been out in starry night when it's, yeah. I do that in the living room. <laughs> but you know, if you fall asleep 
your sheep could end up becoming a free lamb sandwich for a wild beast or maybe even a thief. Then it happens before you, a UFO. A UFO before the word UFO was even heard of. You see one. Did you see that? Benjamin screams from the other side. Then Yosef yells, Yeah, it looked like nothing I've ever seen before. That's my Jewish accent. <laughs> With some trepidation, you all stare in the direction of the bright light as the object takes on a brilliant aura. So let's go ahead, and I'm going to read Luke 2, 8 through 20. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others. I get goosebumps when I hear that part. The armies of heaven praising God oh, and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Amen. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord had told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. Mary didn't see the army of angels as the shepherds did. She didn't see the star overhead, but she believed the shepherds' report. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Hallelujah. Unbeknownst to these lowly sheepherders, they were now included in his story just like you and I are included in his story. Listen, when we get to heaven, you know what we're going to see? We're going to see replays of how God used you and me, how he used the shepherds to reach people. Because what did they do after they saw? They went back to their jobs praising the Lord and telling everyone about what they had seen. And what's the Bible say? It says they were astonished. They were blown away by what they'd heard. God has finally come. Hallelujah. That's pretty exciting news. You don't have to be anyone special to be included in God's plan. Amen. He uses the humble. He uses the lowly to confound the wise. In fact, I read that scripture a little bit later in the message. You don't have to be some charismatic dynamo. You don't have to be, and I'm not picking on him, but you don't have to be Joel Olstein to be used by God. He chooses the Mikes. He chooses the Sandys and the Toms and the Johns. Hallelujah. 
<laughs> Are you with me? Where am I at? Right there. Then we are told about this group. The Magi. The three wise men. Do they look wise? They look like silhouettes to me. How many are wise in this room? How many think you know the story about the three wise men? Were there really only three? Well, why don't we watch this video and we'll see. You want to, let's go down there and we'll wait till this is over. Go ahead and roll, it, roll that wonderful bean message there. I mean... I thought you said we lost him. I found you all! <laughs> Thank goodness for that star. If it weren't for that star, I wouldn't have found you guys. <laughs> Pretty convenient that now you can read the stars. Oh no, just that big super bright one. I mean, it's like, blam! <laughs> but I'm still gonna need directions home. Can someone write that down for me? We don't have time for this. We're going to see the Messiah. Look at us, the four wise men. We're inseparable. More like insufferable. Speaking of suffering, my feet can't taste much more walking. It's been three years. We should have been home by now. You guys can blame me all day for losing those camels, but you all knew going into this that my double hitch knot needed a little work. <clears throat> Why don't we proceed in silence, reverent silence? in honor of the Messiah. Totally cool with that. Good. So, I was thinking about my gift. I mean, what baby needs white jade anyway, right? We've been over this a thousand times. White jade represents his purity and goodness. The gold represents his royalty. The burning of frankincense reminds us that the aura of God is around us at all times, and the myrrh is to anoint him as king of kings. Right, 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 right. Just listen, listen. I think, I think I found a better gift. A gift that'll make everyone forget that I lost the white jade. You what? I mean, I think a gift that makes the white jade just look like nothing. A gift that's better than the white jade that I replaced. You replaced with what? The greatest gift of all. Oh yeah. Wait for it. Wait for it. Blam! Hummus! <laughs> you must be kidding. Do you mean, you must be kidding? Because <laughs> I'm not, I'm not kidding at all. Hummus is delicious, okay? And, and it's very, it's very symbolic. People unite together when they see hummus. Much like a savior. Okay, okay. This is my bad. This is on me. You guys go see the Messiah. I'll just stay here. I think that would be best. But at least you have a snack. Yeah. I just thought it just doesn't matter what we bring this little king. 
He doesn't need any of our gifts. I mean, you know, he's a savior. I mean, he's a, he's a gift to us. Maybe I was hoping he's bigger than all my mistakes. Yeah, I guess that's what I was hoping. All right, I'll see you guys later. Why are you doing that? Because I hope he's that kind of a savior too. Let's go. I wish someone had some pita bread. Ba-blam! Oh, I hope this little video sheds some light on <laughs> the wise men. Were there three or were there four? We don't know. Only God. Only God knows. And it just said some. But sometimes our perception of what the three wise men are, the kings that went, isn't what it really was. You see, these men back then were called astrologers because they studied the stars and people thought because of that, they were so wise and that they had some powers through the stars. Some believed that they could tell certain future events as a result. It could be that their possible understanding of the ancient writings, these men had a knowledge of the Messiah from beforehand. Look in Numbers 24, 17. It speaks of a star and how a king was coming. It says, I see him, but not here and now. I perceive him, but far in the distant future. A star will rise from Jacob. A scepter will emerge from Israel. It will crush the foreheads of the Moab people, cracking the skulls of the people of Sheth. You see, a lot of times some, in, in Scripture, Christ was called the morning star. And when you read the word scepter, it was a... Scepter. 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 Okay, you guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> scepter. We can talk about a scepter. <laughs> What's it mean? Just say penguin. Penguin. Yes, okay. <laughs> when, it, when it talks about someone having a scepter, it means they're a powerful leader. I think that's pretty cool. So what the scripture's saying, way before all this happened, it was prophesied that a morning star was going to come and his scepter was going to, he would have a scepter that would crush the enemy. So that's pretty cool. Perhaps this passage and others like it drew these wise men to come and to see the king. We can only speculate on what actually brought them there. But thanks to Matthew, we know that the wise men did find him as they searched for him. So let's pick this story up in Matthew chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. And this is the New Living Testament. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem, asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. Now listen to what happens next. I don't know why this would cause any problems 
But it did. King Herod and the rest of his leaders, they were quite disturbed by this. It says, King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. They were disturbed? Wow. The king's coming, and these people were disturbed by it. He called a meeting of the leading priests and the teachers of religious law, and he asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said. For this is what the prophet wrote. And here's another passage of Scripture that we've already shared in this last week that says, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with these wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Now you need to understand that contrary to a lot of our nativity scenes, the wise men weren't there when Jesus was born. Jesus was born last week, remember? Not this week. This is another week. And actually, according to the scripture, we know that he was either, they were either about two months into almost two years before they actually came to Herod looking for the Christ. So it can be anywhere from two months to two years. We're not certain, but we know it was quite a a period of time. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem, search carefully for the child, and when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. Yeah, right. King Herod's going to worship this little king. Uh Uh-huh. Well, let's find out what happened next. After this interview, the wise men went their way. And the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We just saw that in that little video demonstration. And hummus. (laughs) When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. Why did they not return? Verse 16 actually tells us, and you can see that up there. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious And he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and in its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. It's a horrific event that the Bible says took place. Why? Because this king was threatened. Threatened by this little guy that was born in a manger. Threatened by the king of kings, by the Messiah. Because he was going to become the ruler. Little did King Herod know, his attempt was foolish. It would never succeed. You know, it's something to see that these astrologers, these magi, were drawn to seek Christ, not even knowing they were really doing that. They were going because they saw the star. They had no idea. And they went I think that is 
the coolest thing. It's almost like today when we have treasure hunters. You know, they go down and they look for treasure, not knowing what they're going to find. These magi were looking for something that they didn't even know what they were going to find. But the fact is they weren't disappointed as they looked for him. For the Lord illuminated their path with that star. I can't even imagine. That would have been so cool to follow a star like that. It guided them right to where King Jesus lived. And the moment they stepped into his presence, they recognized him for who he was. For they gave everything they had. Because I'm sure they didn't go thinking they were going to do that. But they gave everything they had to worship the King of Kings. And they worshiped him. Yes. They bowed to him. You know, I believe God arranges for each of us to have a special moment in our life when he gives us glimpses of himself in the heaven. Amen? There are times in our lives when we feel so down and out, so tired, so exhausted, but when we cry out to Christ, he gives us that glimpse. He gives us that, that unction to hold on. For some, it might be a star in the sky drawing us. For others, it's a little nudge. Has anyone ever seen the star in the sky? And it's, it's guided you? No. No. Of course, we've all seen stars in the sky. <laughs> but the guiding kind. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes it's just a nudge in our heart that seems to guide us. I knew you were going to do that. You nudged me first. I know. Here we go. <laughs> it doesn't matter who you are. The Holy Spirit is always trying to guide you to the sun. He really is. God wants you, and, and sometimes people say, well, how do you know? How do you know it's just not indigestion? Well, go for it. If you're feeling that, like, man, I need to, no, it's not. It's got to be me. You just go for it. Because if you're wrong, it's okay. But if it's the right thing, you're going to see something powerful. Amen? Amen. I've often heard people say, well, I came to Christ, blah, 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 blah. And the fact they is... They go blah, 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 blah? Yeah, yeah. Haven't you heard that? <laughs> that's what I hear. <laughs> oh, wow, that's bad. <laughs> Mike shared his blah, blahs yesterday at men's ministry. And by the way, uh, it was a, a, an amazing morning. We had 32 men there. And uh, I just want to thank you for sharing your testimony. It wasn't blah, blah. <laughs> Thank I, I you. loved. In fact, I was on the edge of my seat till my phone rang, and I had to leave to answer it. But uh, it was good. So, what a, men! Once a month, we're meeting, so be tuned into that. But I often hear people say, "I came to Christ," and and honestly, that's not accurate. What we should say is, "The Lord drew me to Him." He knew you before you were even conceived in your mother's womb. You see, the Holy Spirit is the one that makes first contact. The Holy Spirit is the one that gives you that nudge. He, he plays our heartstrings. And How many have ever just stopped and gone, man, there's got to be more to this life. There has to be. And then the next logical question is, is there a God? How many went through that? I did. And I was raised in church, but I didn't know him. I was raised in a religion is what I was raised in. But I never got to know my Savior, not until I was 23 years old. 
When you experience that nudge, that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. That's how much God loves you. He's the one that tugs on our heartstrings until we finally open up our heart to Him. The scripture I'd like to share is from John chapter 12. Verse 32, and it says, And when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw everyone to myself. The King James Version says, And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. Who's drawing? Jesus. Christ is drawing. Amen. You know, that scripture used to bother me. Because when you read it, it makes it sound like everybody's going to get saved. And I kept thinking, well, that's not true, but it says in the Word that he's going to draw all men. He's going to. And then it hit me. It doesn't mean that all will come to him because everyone has their choice to follow Christ or not. They have that choice to hear that small voice from the Holy Spirit and decide or ignore the voice of God when he comes to call. But most of you have chosen wisely. Hopefully. Yeah. So in John 6, we read, For no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them to me. And at that last day, I will raise them up. The Father draws us to Jesus, and then Jesus saves us. So it kind of helps with that scripture that not all men are going to be saved. They'll be drawn but it's your choice. It's your family's choice whether they choose Jesus or not. The Bible shows us that both the shepherds and the magi were drawn to God. Right? The shepherds heard the angels and were drawn by the star. The magi saw the star and were drawn to follow it and to follow him. What we want you to see is that it doesn't matter who you are. You don't have to be a magi to be drawn to God. God is no respecter of persons. In fact, Peter made this clear. He was one of the first to recognize this truth in the New Testament in Acts chapter 10, verse 34. And he said, I see very clearly that God shows what? No favoritism. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. Does that mean people in Saudi Arabia are going to come to Christ? Yes, he's drawing them right now. How about Iran? Yes, I've heard that there are millions of Iranians that are coming to Christ. Of course, it's an underground church because if they come out and tell everybody, I'm born again. So they're keeping that on the down low. But it's happening all over the globe. God accepts everyone. Poke your neighbor and say, God accepts everyone. Thank you, Jesus. The good news is he's not looking for a perfect person to come to his kingdom. If he was, I'd be in trouble. None of us would qualify. <laughs> There's no cookie cutter pattern used to judge whether you're ready or not ready to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Put another way, the Holy Spirit doesn't call just one type of person. He calls all types of people. I had a few I wanted to share. He calls, and this is a good one, the sinner. Romans 5, 8, but God showed his great love for us 
by sending Christ to die for us while we were what? God loves you. He's calling you into heaven today. The rich. Now listen, are rich people going to go to heaven? Some will. But the Bible makes it clear that it's difficult for a rich person to come into the kingdom of God. Why? Because they're comfortable. Now listen, it's easy for you to say, well, I'm not a millionaire. I don't line up with... Hey, we are some of the wealthiest people on this planet. We are comfortable. You are a rich person. Did you hear that? And that's why it's so hard. And this scripture points it out. Dear children, it is very hard to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Why? Because we're distracted. We have it too easy. We don't need God. We have our education to prop us up. I'll talk about that in a minute. The poor. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus said, for He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. Absolutely. The meek. Are there any meek people in here? I know there are, because I've met some of you. That doesn't mean that, that you're just... It means that you're humble. You walk in humility, and that's who God looks for. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. The confident. Listen, some of you, if somebody told you, I want to go start a business tomorrow, you'd be right there helping them because you've got that kind of confidence. Oh, hey, we should go share Jesus with those people. Yeah, let's go. But then, they're the ones that are not so confident. Some of you would say, that's me. What's that mean? It just means that you might not be the first one through the door. When somebody says, hey, we're going to go and tell people about Jesus, I'll let them go first. It's all right. You know what? God's calling you to his kingdom too. You don't have to be confident, or you can be confident. It doesn't matter. Smart people, I talked about this a little bit. What does God do in his kingdom? He he confounds the wise by using the simple things to blow them away. Let's read this. Instead, God chose things the world considered foolish in order to shame those who think they're wise. He chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. So don't become too smart for your own britches. I've seen people who became so smart, they were no earthly good anymore because they had so much head knowledge about God, about who God was. Don't be that person. And then there are the simple people. God, by simple, I'm not saying that you're stupid. You're dumb as a bag of rocks. That's not what I mean. It just means that you might not have an IQ of 160, but you're still smart enough to choose Amen. the Amen. Savior. Hallelujah. So how do we come to Jesus? The Holy Spirit draws us. And who does he draw? All types. Amen. Now, some are under the assumption that they can't, they can't get born again or they can't do anything in church because they don't know enough of the word. 
They don't, they don't have that theology. They haven't been to Bible school. They don't understand. Maybe they don't know how to read a Bible. So they shy away. That's, it's my experience, the people like Pastor Norm said, the ones that understand the word but aren't saved are the hardest to reach. They have an excuse for everything. And they're so smart that they have no common sense. Have you ever been around somebody like that? Well, when it comes in the spirit realm like that, when you've got someone that's that knowledgeable in the word of God, yet they're resisting it because I need to see more proof. It's not exact. I need to see more. It's, it's so frustrating. And I'll sit there and just say, oh, for crying out loud, will you just believe the word and get on with it? You know, that's my mindset. If you see it, you read it, just do it. Oh, no, I have to see more proof. You know, almost every one of our universities were founded on Christ. They started out as gospel preaching ministries. And if you look at them today, none of them are preaching Christ anymore. Yet they're still producing PhDs yeah. who, who know or supposedly know about God, about the Bible. So here's the thing. What's the thing? God draws us. Yep. He doesn't care where we come from. We only need to realize that we need him, and he makes it easy. So we, we're all created, and I've heard this before, with a God-sized hole. And every single one of us has that hole. And we're going to fill it with something if we don't fill it with Christ. It's meant to be filled with the Lord. And it can honestly it can only be filled by Jesus Christ, but some people try to fill it with everything else first. Like? Like doing good. Going out and being in every community event they can because they just feel like that's they're going to be able to do something for the community. They're going to be able to help people. Well, that's all good. It's good stuff. But if you don't have Jesus in your heart first, you're going to fail. Jesus is going to build you up. Amen. Amen. <laughs> it's right there. <laughs> How many know that it's not easy to <laughs> preach with your wife? I don't agree with that. I think it's hard. How many know it's hard to preach with your husband? Nah, it's not too bad. It isn't too bad. When you try to combine two personalities into <laughs> one message, and you're both supposed to be preaching the same message. Today we give, we want to give people the same opportunity that the shepherds and the magi had. I want them to see Jesus Christ. And we do that by sharing his story. We talked about that a little in the beginning. For some, God may use you to invite a person to church. But hear this part. You must earn that right before you do. Otherwise, your invitation will be just like all of the other advertising methods that they have hitting them on a weekly basis. You know, one thing I noticed recently was there were a couple different businesses that put in those full-color signs that flashed and did all this stuff. And you know what I realized? I never saw them. I went right by them, and I never even paid attention, even though it was boom, 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 boom. 
Why? Because they hadn't earned the right for me to look at them. When you're sharing about Jesus, you have to first earn the right to share with those people. Here's another example. I was going to share this at the end, but we have these little invitation cards. And I pulled these out and I showed them to Claudia, who's at the guest service today. And I said, Claudia, put these out so that when the people get out today, they'll see this and they'll take a few of them with them. Put them in your wallet and your purse for what? And Claudia said, oh, I love those. What I do is I'll sit down at, at a restaurant, I'll have a nice meal, and then after I leave a big tip, I put one of these in there. What is it? It's just a little invitation card that talks about who we are, our website, Come Experience the Hope, it has our phone number, and it has a service time. How simple. If you put this card down and you leave them a dollar, shame on you. <laughs> you didn't earn the right to be heard. And they're going to think contrary things about you. That's just a, a quick example of, of how we have to earn the right to be heard, okay? Pray and ask the Lord, when should I invite so-and-so? How many have people in your... You know, I said this a long time ago. We should all have a prayer list. We should have 10 people on that list that we're praying for. Maybe more, but 10 that you're praying for their salvation. Who in your life, and if you don't have this, start one. Start a salvation list. And then as each one gets saved, you can check it off and put the date that they got saved or near the date when they got saved. But it's so important that we pray for these people and ask the Lord, Lord, show me when to invite this person person show me when to reach out to them yeah now you want to be careful how you're ministering to people you know somebody's going to think you're nuts if you just walk up to them saying hey you need jesus christ man i, I want to pray with you right now not knowing them from anybody that kind of takes you back like whoa instead you need to pray for opportunities to share and when you feel that nudge to share then you'll have the opportunity. You know, find out what their needs are. Just have a conversation. This is, I have the most fun going grocery shopping and going to different places. It's easy for me to start a conversation with somebody I don't know. You are your mother's daughter. I probably am. She never met a stranger. Nope. So, but I do enjoy it. And, you know, I had this experience a few weeks ago. I was in Myers and I was looking for something and the sales clerk came up. I said, I'm looking for such and such. And she started to talk about how weary she was and exhausted. She had lost several. And I just looked at her. I said, you know what? Would you mind if I prayed for you? And she looked at me. She goes, you are a Christian? I said, yeah. She goes, I'm a Christian too. And I was able to pray with her right there in the aisle. Now, see that, I waited to hear what her need was. And I shared with her what I could. And God does it all the time. I mean, I, when I go out, I say, Lord, just put somebody in my path that I can minister to. It's not easy to do, especially if you're not a very... Confident? Well, yeah, or, yeah, it's hard for you to talk to people. Yeah. But try it. Step out of your comfort zone. Somebody needs you that God is nudging you to share with at the gas station, where you work, at the school, wherever it is. Don't let that bother you. Just do it. And if those cards help, you know, here, come on. Come on to church. 
And I usually like to say, if you don't already have a church, that, that right, kind of right. sets the tone. So if they do, they're not like, you know what I mean. Right. And if you need to, if you get to know somebody, you can invite them over and have, have dinner or coffee and cookies or something like that. But the point is, you're not doing it for trophies. I got another one saved. I've seen some Christians like that. Yeah, I have, I have saved 42 people. And they're keeping track, like ching, 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 ching. That's not good. But when you really have a desire to get to know someone, you will. God will put them on your heart, and you just can keep sharing with them. You need to earn the right to be heard by these people. Because... When's the right time? The Holy Spirit will show you. And often it's when the person will say, I've been watching you. Man, what, why are you always so happy? What do you have that I, I don't? I don't hear that so much. Yes, you do. Well, you don't. <laughs> but, but I know it's true. <laughs> He's getting better. He is. He actually puts a smile on his face in the grocery stores now. I have to. <laughs> You're leading. <laughs> You make me smile. Yeah. But the one thing is don't wait for that coworker or someone in your life or relative to come to church to start a relationship or to see them get saved. You know, the last month we've been praying on, God, what can we do to make this place just, just go crazy? And the Holy Spirit keeps coming back to get into the community. So this year is going to be our challenge to get outside of these doors and get out there and get people saved instead of praying that they come in here to get saved. Amen. We need all of you to participate. Yes, we want people to get saved here too, but they're not just going to come in going, man, I need something. I think I'll go. They usually have a relationship with one of you. And we need to draw them in by beginning out in the community. So when you start seeing the different events and things we want to do, we want to blow the doors off this place by going out and bringing them in. Amen? In conclusion, that just means we've got about another half hour. I'm kidding. All of us are like the shepherds and the wise men. We're all on a journey. We're all going through this life trying to figure out, what am I supposed to do? We're all trying to find the truth, right? Some of us stumble onto it. Others, they have that bright shining star that leads them to it. But we have what Jesus gave, his life. He gave us his life. We have that in us if we're born again. Jesus lives in us. How many can say amen? amen? Why don't you go ahead and stand with me. Get some blood flowing to those feet. When the shepherds found Jesus, they praised the Lord and they went out and told everyone. When the Magi found him, they bowed to him and then they gave Christ all of their earthly treasures. Both chose to believe upon meeting him. What about you? Have you met the King of kings and the Lord of lords? Have you made him the Lord of your life? If not, Pastor Barb and I would consider it an honor and a privilege to pray that prayer with you today. And everyone else? <laughs>
and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on Him to save them unless they believe in Him? How can they believe in Him if they have never heard about Him? How can they hear about Him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the Scriptures say, my emphasis here, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. Are you a good news bearer? Doesn't take much. You know, if Jesus is living in you, he's busting to try to get out of you. <laughs> Give yourself a hug. Hold yourself for a minute. Come on. Hold yourself. Not your neighbor, yourself. If you can do that. I know, it's, isn't this stupid? Isn't it corny? You look at your neighbor and go, you look funny. What are you doing? Are we made to hold ourselves? No. No. What are we made to do? Hug each other. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hear me. Hear me. Hear God today. We're made to hug people. And by that, I don't necessarily mean that kind of hug. I'm just talking about sharing what God's already put in us. He's deposited Himself in you. And the Holy Spirit guides us, folks. If we'll listen, He'll show us who we need to reach out to. There is a lost and a dying world out there. And they need the good news of Jesus. They need to hear our testimony. If that's all you do, that's enough. Just share what God's done in your life. How He's changed you. Most of the time, people are already going to know that. They're going to see it. They're going to say, what's Tim? What's different about you? Not because you're a weirdo. You might be peculiar. But because you've got Jesus in you, and that's so different from the world. We need to share that good news with them. That's our challenge today is to share Him. That's what these little invitation cards are. You know what? Maybe now you can't think of one single person to give this to, but take a few. Tuck them away, and I, if you pray, and I'm going to have you do this in a minute, if you pray, Lord, show me someone that I can talk to about you, or show me someone who I might be able to invite to a service. He'll show you. You may not even be expecting it. It might be somebody you never, ever, ever thought, oh yeah, that person's going down. God's already got their number. He's working on them. He's drawing them. All you have to do is give them the good news. How simple is that? Amen. Praise God. We'd like every head bowed, eyes closed. We're going to address the first part of this today and Maybe there's some of you out here that have never asked Jesus Christ in your heart. You, you have a hole that you are begging to be filled and you haven't known how to fill it. Guess what? Jesus is just waiting for you to say, it's me, God, fill me. If that's you today, just raise your hand. No one else looking around. It's between you and God. 
If you need that God hole filled, hallelujah, we thank you and praise you today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Hallelujah. Now the second part, maybe you're sitting out there going, oh man, there's no way I can ever even think about doing what they're talking about. Or you might be saying, I really want to, but I don't know how. If that's you today, I just pray right now that God comes over you and he does a miracle work in your life. And every time you get near, you feel that nudge so strong, you can't do anything else but go to whoever's in front of you and talk to him. Thank you, Jesus. That you will be the one that draws them to Jesus. Don't be afraid of it. Just try it. What is the worst that's going to happen? They're going to tell you to go away. You don't, they don't want it. But just like what it says, everyone's drawn. Not everyone chooses to follow. But you need to be the instrument to help that drawn person make a decision. Thank you, Father. It's the Christmas season. People are searching for answers. They're looking for a star. They're looking for a voice in the wilderness. Perhaps that's you. Would you pray this prayer with me as we close? Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. Show me who. Show me who. Who have you worked on? Who have you prepared? Who have you drawn? Let me see them in the Spirit. Help me to know who they are. And then show me how to minister to them. Show me their need. Or just help me to share my story. About how you came into my life. I give you my life. I yield to you today. Now have your way. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. This was a harder message than I thought it was going to be. But maybe it's because we're meeting that resistance. Because Satan knows if you guys go out here and do anything like what we just shared, if we go out and do anything like we just shared, we're going to change this community. Amen. We pray a special blessing over each one here. Lord, show favor on them everywhere they go. Keep them safe, especially in this uh, tumultuous time, Lord, whether it's in the community, whether it's driving in the snow. Lord, I know that there's so many ways that we can be harmed, but we pray angels would be released about us to keep us safe. Lord, again, bless our fellowship after the service. Bless our kids as they've been preparing for next Sunday. And we just expect a great Sunday next week, Lord. And to you be all the glory and all the praise as you choose to use us. We pray this again in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. Have a great week in Jesus.